1: Would you believe
2: it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in studio for the next couple hours here. Raider Nation Radio 920. Damon Cotton behind the wheels of steel. He's the guy who's making everything go, pushing the buttons, answering the phones, checking the text line. He is on his job today. He's got a little boost of energy going on over there, and today is those kind of days They kind of write themselves when you have a day when you know that a roster is going to get cut down from 80 to 53 guys, you know, there's going to be a lot of names that are going to be involved and a lot of people are going to be upset by what name they see because for some reason, and every fan base is guilty of this, every fan base has a couple players that they really gravitate to that when they get released or when they get traded or when they get cut, it's like the sky is falling. So the Raiders went through their cuts, and it's time, the past the time limit already it was supposed to be all done and official by 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so that's about an hour ago now have not received the official email from the team just going through and designating with every single player that has been released. But, of course, there's a bunch of names. Vinny Bonsignor has been on top of it like a glove all morning long, all afternoon long, just kind of letting us know and relaying all the different players that he's hearing is being released and has been released. And there's been other national media as well, but Vinny's been doing a, a great job with that. So he'll be coming up uh, later on this afternoon, four, uh, 4 to 6. Or No, it's not 4 to 6. That's no, uh, 4 to 4.50. You can't give me a thumbs up on the radio, dude. Nobody (laughs) can see your thumbs up on the radio.
3: Well, you said it right, so I was just letting you know. You got it. You got it. All right,
2: cool. 4-4.50. no need for me to jump in there. You had it right the first time. Gotcha. I got you. Well, we got an Aviators game later on this afternoon, so Vinny's show will be cut a little bit short, but uh, we got a lot to get to on this show today with all the the releases, all the cuts that have been going down. So, of course, Raider Nation, we're going to want to hear from you. Now, today, I will tell you, we have an action-packed show. We have a lot of good guests coming up on the show today. Mandy Knight from KWTX in Central Texas, Fox 44 Sports. She's actually going to join us to talk all things Ravens, as that's the first team up. You know, we're starting to turn the page. Obviously, the the uh, the preseason is over, now it's time to turn our attention to September thirteenth. And uh, she she is a, a one a big Ravens fan, but she definitely uh, covers the NFL like a glove, and she she does a really good job covering the Ravens as well. So I just want to kind of get her initial thoughts on you know being a couple weeks out from the game. I want to know what she's thinking about the 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 team, what's going on with J.K. Dobbins since he tore his ACL. Obviously, he's out for the season. How do the Ravens navigate as they're dealing with some? Injuries, what about Lamar Jackson? I mean, that's the next opponent, and that's the first opponent getting this 2021 season started off. So Mandy Knight's gonna join us at 230 then at 3 o'clock I couldn't resist I could not resist this next story I had to get George Reister on uh, and he's a host of and he's a host of many different uh, shows Uh, he's on Mad Dog Radio Fox Fox Sports Radio Uh, he does the Unafraid show he just does a really good job former tight end in the NFL he's going to join us one to talk about cut down day what it's like being in the league and, and, and what this day means across the league for all players it's not just the guys that you feel like are on the bubble but what are guys that you know they feel like they're locked in that they do have a spot how do they feel on a day like today so he's going to join us to talk about that but then he's also going to talk to us about this whole bishop sycamore situation story of the day i could not leave it alone i was watching over the weekend while i was up in the bay area and i just kept kept kind of monitoring it and seeing what was going on and i'm not gonna lie i was watching high school football on Saturday morning while sitting in my hotel room before I just I went out and I went to the A's game before I started doing any of that I I was watching some high school football and so this whole Bishop Sycamore situation where this is basically a fake team but it's a real team it's a fake school but it's a real school I mean there's a lot of let's just be straight up about it there's a lot of BS going on with this situation the coach has been fired today apparently he's played uh, uh two games in three days I mean it's just unheard of stuff i mean you you look at this situation and then you look at, at deon sanders prime prep and you're like man that was a legit school you know what i mean you look at that because that was everything but legit this bishop sycamore situation all bad
3: Oh man, this is so this is such a good story because like you said the coach got fired, but the guy who founded the school, he still has a job, but what job do you still have? What do you do? Exactly, like why isn't this shut down now? Let these kids or grown men go home? I've got so many questions. Right. I mean, there was a there was a D-tackle playing quarterback that was like 20 last year. <laughs> like 20. I do a lot of prep for the shows each day, but I was I was like like just nose deep in like so many articles today. Really right. just like, what can I find? What can I find? What can I find? I want to be prepped and ready for just all the questions. I was just like, how did this happen? I'm exactly <laughs> that's the number
2: one question. And on top of that, what makes this the story even funnier is just the the situation that's going on and just how that they dupe so many different schools into even being part of this and then being on national TV and to bring it closer to home. You like how I'm going to tie all this
3: together? I'm going to tie this together because Bishop Sycamore is scheduled to play Liberty. Yes, they are. I saw that as well. And that was like, I hope that because obviously they're not going to make it because I think that was like one of Liberty's last games of the season. Right. They're, so definitely, they're not definitely not going to play definitely not going to make
2: it. But they're scheduled to play it. So that's how it gets close to home.
3: Man. That's how it gets
2: close to home. And that's the number one reason why I said, okay, I have to talk about this subject now because it, it, it hits home. I mean, Liberty High is right there in Henderson, defending state champs, hell of a team, and they were about to pummel the mess out of Bishop Sycamore, just like IMG pummeled the mess out of them, just like Duncanville is supposed to pummel the mess out of them, just like the next school. I mean, every single school on their roster that they're supposed to be playing is going to pummel D breaks off them. And I actually had a my old boss, when I was working in the meat department back at the grocery store back in the day when I was a youngster, I was still a new booty in the game my old boss in the meat department, we were going back and forth. We were kind of play fighting. And then, you know, when a uh, play fight kind of goes real, he looked at me and he slammed his knife down on the, on the table. <laughs> oh, take it easy. Yeah, I mean, he was real serious. When he slams his knife down on the table, that means he's getting kind of serious. And he looked at me and said, if you don't shut up, I will pummel the blank out of you. And I realized then that I probably should just go ahead and shut it <laughs> on down. <laughs> Whatever I'm talking right now probably is not necessary. When he told me I will pummel the
3: blank out of you, I thought, yeah. He didn't have to say that. The knife knife slam would have been enough for me. I was like, I think I'll sit this one out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, former NFL tight end George Reister hosted many different shows, many different networks. He'll join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things, like I said, NFL, but we'll also talk of this situation with Bishop Sycamore. And then, as we did last Tuesday at 320, we will have the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week, the interview with... Coach Wes Pacheco, Mojave High School, uh, they got a big victory on a Friday night, 21-14. to 14, In a game, the game's supposed to kick off at 7, right? Okay. I don't know if you heard this story already. I have not. The game was supposed to kick off at 7 o'clock. At 6.45, they're still waiting for their team bus to show up. At 6.45, they're still waiting for their team bus to show up. So they were delayed even getting to the game. Then while they're in the middle of the game at 10 o'clock, the lights, I guess they're on an automatic light switch. They click off. Game doesn't end until eleven, but the lights go out at ten. So they had all this adversity that they had to overcome. They were, spo- they were, there. I mean, they they had so many different issues going on, and they still found a way to get the twenty one fourteen victory uh, over. Um, and who was it over? Sycamore. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's running together, brother. (laughs) But they picked up the victory, 21-14, and I'll uh, I'll definitely, by the time we talk to Coach, I'll definitely have the team that they defeated. But the point is, really good, really good way to overcome adversity, really good way to win that game, and so we'll talk to him coming up at 3.20, talk all things, winning the the Tom Flores uh, High School Coach of the Week Award, and also... Uh, you know, going two and zero, his team now is two and zero. The Rattlers, Mojave High. So uh, that's coming up on today's show. But Raider Nation, like I said, I definitely want to hear from you. Uh, go ahead and light it up 702-365-9200. Lots of good calls that came through on JT the Brick Show. A lot of good text messages as well six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R Salmon Ash Text Line. Uh, hit us up. Let us know. You know, uh, we come we come with the we come with the show topic every single day. And this one, like I said before at the top of the show, it kind of starts itself. It writes itself. Uh, what are you upset about? Are you upset about a player that got cut? Or are you upset about a player that didn't get cut? That's really the, I mean, because there's a lot of the keys right there. Who got cut? Who didn't get cut? I've been responding a lot on Twitter. I like to respond when people tweet at me. And I've been, I've been having multiple side conversations about certain players that haven't, that weren't released that, that Raider Nation's a little upset about. So I want to hear. I want to hear the good, the bad, the ugly. What are your thoughts of the current cuts as you know them, as we have not got the official email yet from the Silver and Black. So let us know. 702-365-9200. And then also Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. What you got?
3: Already got a text from our good buddy Tom. Shout out to Tom! I love how he always starts it off with, hey Q, trying to stay positive. <laughs> you know, so he, wants, he just wants to let everybody know yeah, he's trying yeah, to stay yeah, positive. Yeah, that's my guy. But didn't people try to puff up Carr by saying Smoke... Hold on. Smoke picked the Raiders right. to play with Carr.
2: Right. And talking then about, they released him. Talking about uh, John Brown and John Brown's nickname is Smoke. And that's what Smoke said. That's what he said. He said that part of the reason why he wanted to go to the Raiders was he wanted to uh, he, he wanted to play with Derek Carr. He re- asked, according to Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network, he asked for his release. Now, I'm not shocked that he was released. Matter of fact, something I talked about on my podcast today, the only part of this element that actually shocks me that he was officially released is because he made like three point something million dollars and it was already fully guaranteed. And so the money aspect made me think that he was going to stick to the team. But him playing in preseason game number three in Santa Clara, one of the guys that they brought with them, I mean, he was so far behind on the depth chart. There was absolutely nothing he did in the preseason. There was absolutely nothing I saw at training camp that made me say Smoke had a spot on the the team. Outside of the fact that he had a pretty decent – decent uh, contract I kept saying and I, I fully believe this either John Brown or Willie Sneed was going to make the squad I didn't think both of those guys were going to make the squad one or the other I didn't think John Brown was the second coming of Nelly Aguilar I didn't I know a lot of people think that he's older he's 31 years old yes he's fast but he's also injury prone I'll be 100% honest with you I didn't like the sign him when they signed him I thought it was kind of a eh okay whatever kind of thought the money was a little bit too expensive now we see where we are on August thirty first, we're looking at a team that just released him, and he he asked for his release because he's not happy with how much playing time. I think he did want to play a Derek Carr, but I don't think he
3: wanted to be fourth or fifth, sixth on the list. I don't think he did. Yeah, to be sixth on that rotation, that's just adds to be a better perspective. Yeah, when are you going to get on the field? Yeah, it, but I think the rate. Well, if he asked for his release, you don't. But you don't have to honor it. The you God don't have guaranteed. to, but I, I think that that's doing a solid. That's 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 the Raiders doing a solid. Hey, if he doesn't want to be
2: a part of the team because he doesn't want to be fourth, fifth, sixth on the list, let him go. Let him go. Why keep him? I think that that's doing him a solid. I mean, yeah, they could have kept him, and then he's a disgruntled player on the team, but whatever. You know, I, I have no problem with them releasing him. Like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the signing to begin with. Nothing he did in training camp. Nothing he did in preseason made me think, oh man, this guy's definitely got a spot on the team. Like I said, I thought DJ Turner or Dylan Stoner, were going to either have a spot on the team or a practice squad. Dylan Stoner has been released. I know that according to Vic Tafer and, and Vinny, I think that they both are, are are saying and reporting that the Raiders are hoping that they clear waivers so they can put them on the practice squad. I believe that's a possibility, but I kind of think that those young guys have an opportunity to do something. I said that last week with, with Vinny, when we were at the TI I said, you know, I I don't think that that uh John Brown and, and Willie Snead are both part of the team. I just don't, I don't I don't I don't see that. Uh, one more text from Tom, real quick, as he gets us started. LOL, trying to stay positive since I'm pessimistic. LOL. But did anyone really believe it when Smoke said it? He won an Indy Pit over the Raiders. I I don't I honestly and, and thank you for the text, Tom. I appreciate it. I honestly don't get into he you know what team what team. Look, man, I'll tell you right now. There's only 32 teams in the league. You go where you can go. You can go where you get signed. If you get signed by Pitt, great. You get signed by Indy, great. You get signed by the Raiders, great. There's only 32 of the gigs.
3: And then it it just uh, could have come down to the guaranteed money. Of course. You still got three mil. Exactly. It's not a bad partying gift. i take three million to walk away. No, I'm not going to
2: say it too loud because people will be like, (laughs)
3: is that all it takes?
2: (laughs) No, man. We can get rid of
3: Q that quickly? Oh, three million? Oh, come on. That's regular people, that's set for life.
2: Well, yeah. And then, like,
3: but he's probably going to get picked up by another team, anyways. Right, but so, then you have
2: you have offset in in the contracts, and yeah, you know. But they'll, I mean, that's again, that's for them to worry about. Not worried about it. Thank you for you know what you what you uh, attempted to do. Going to the team, signed by the team, didn't work out. Now you're off to, you know, look for another team. No we worries. Got Rich in Oakland coming up now. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go out to the Raider Nation listening line and, and talk to our guy Rich in Oaktown. What's up, Rich? Hey, what's up with the Q? Chilling, man, chilling.
0: Yeah, man, uh, uh, Raiders Twitter ain't chilling right now. they on fire. They only hear talk about John Brown like he was the next showman of Tim Brown. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like, like, come on now, man. Let's keep it real. Like you said, I was never too high on him. You know, he's a mid-pack. He's a mid-grade player, and he's always hurt, bro. If anything – this, this says better things about our wide receiving core. He wasn't going to get no playing time. Let our let our young studs ball out. Let's see what they can do. You know, Ruggs, Edwards, Renfro, Waller, we're stacked. You know, Kenny and Drake, I have no problem with, with this. I mean, with the money, I get it, you know. Right. We took an L. We took an L with that. It's not my money. Let me tell you something. Everybody complains about every single thing that the Raiders do. I'll, I'll, I'll call it how it is. But the thing is, once the winning starts, all of this will be swept under the rug. As soon as we start winning, none of this will matter, you know. And I feel like we're going to win this year because I feel like this year is something different. Like you've said, uh, you've been saying this whole time, something feels different. Well, I feel it, I feel the energy of the universe. This is our year. I don't know if it's going to be a Super Bowl run. But I feel like Derek Carr grew the offense, the defense getting better, and the Gus Bradley, I feel like everybody just needs to relax a little bit, man. Everybody, like any, anything that the Raiders do right now, people are tripping out. Like,
1: mm-hmm. let's
0: just chill, chill out a little bit. Let's see what happens. You know, the first game is 13, 14 days away. Let's see how we look then. All right, guys? Thanks, Chu.
2: Hey, great call, my man. Great call. Appreciate you calling from Oakland. Listening on the Raiders mobile app right there. Click on the little radio symbol and you're good to go. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, The Five and Dime, I was out there, man. I was so happy to be out there. I was like a kid in a candy store to be out there this past weekend being out in in the Bay Area. Uh, I went by Nations, man. I went by Nations Burger about midnight on Broadway, dog. I was on Broadway at midnight hanging out in front of Nations getting me a burger. For those who did it, what did bro, bro man from the fifth floor used to say, I'm I'm just chilling, having a sandwich. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's exactly what it would say. Yeah,
2: man. I was on Broadway at Nations Burger, man, and you go in and you order, right? But then you got to stand outside to wait for your order. So I'm waiting outside and leaning against the rental car, talking to the homeboys outside. I mean, it was just a good time, man. It was it was great to be back in the bay, back in the town. Uh, I put out a tweet. I took a picture of Telegraph after the the, the sign and just said Town Biz. Everyone knew what I meant by that. That's all that's all that mattered, man. And that's just that's just a little personal note for me. It was great. No, being man. Out I'm there.
3: More, I'm intrigued about this nation's burger because oh, i love a burger. Oh it's great. Yeah, so tell me what, what what they burgers look like. What what, what comes on a Nation's ah, burger? It's just
2: a great burger, man. All it's right, just, just, a it's, great just burger. it's a great burger. I love it. I love it. But that's that's just me. So <laughs> hey, that's a whole nother side story. I just I just when when he said he was calling out the town, that just made me think that, hey, that's 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 where I was uh, this past weekend. So uh let us know, Raider Nation. We want to hear from you. 702 365 9200 Rich got us started. We also have that Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. What else you got over there, Demond? Or do we? Are we? Are you giving me the thumbs up? Or you give me the thumbs down? What are you doing? Oh
3: no! Do, um, did we? Did we get the time second text?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We okay, did. Yeah, yeah, we got we the time did.
3: second text before Rich. Oh yeah, okay. that's all we got. So all right, far cool. Then.
2: And so I got this tweet. I got this tweet talking about players that uh, Raider Nation's upset about that were released. I got this uh, tweet from Will. He said, Q, I know you covered it." But I think having Carl Joseph for depth is more important than retaining a special teamer like Dallin Leavitt. I think pro football focus mantra of creep back to average, especially for the Raiders secondary. Keep Leavitt and Wayman Joseph plunges below average, in my opinion. Now, that's another hot topic, and I spent a lot of time, like Will said, and thank you for that uh, tweet, my man. Like he said, I spent a lot of time going back and forth so far today with the Carl Joseph release. That's one of those players... And I said this at the beginning of the show. Every fan base has a player that has a certain name that you fall in love with. Carl Joseph is one of those guys for the Raiders. Everyone loves Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph was a first-round draft pick, number 14 overall. He was injured when the Raiders drafted him, when Big Reggie McKenzie drafted him. Wasn't a fan of drafting injured players in the first round. Not. He was coming off a torn ACL at West Virginia. But I knew he had some skills. Didn't pan out the first time. He leaves, goes to Cleveland, comes back on a one year deal for depth. Like he's going to be behind Jonathan Abram. If Jonathan Abram gets a little squirrely and can't do, you know, and, and just isn't doing the job the way that Gus Bradley wants, okay, Cujo could come in and just kind of fill that role. Great. And maybe that's why Rare Nation loves him because he has a nickname, Cujo. Great. Look, him getting released just means that the, they're excited about the young guys. That's what it means. That means a guy like a Tyree Gillespie has shown enough already that they feel comfortable moving forward with them where they don't need to have a Cujo on the squad. And oh, by the way, a Tyree Gillespie can double down as a guy who is uh, a special teamer, a guy like teamer who's w- worked with Gus Bradley for what? Five, six years, or whatever, however long it's been five or six games, five, whatever it has been 5 or 6 games whatever its he's, he's, he's been with him. I know there's a huge difference years and, and games. My bad. Yeah, you're good, though. But Teemer was a guy that has been getting a lot of attention. He was a guy that Vinny Bonsignor and Vic Tafer both pointed out was a guy that was really behind a lot of the the, the, the dust-ups and the fights that were going on with the Rams. He was one of those guys. So if you have Teemer and you have Gillespie and you feel like, hey, if, if something were to happen with Jonathan Abram, we have to go with another guy. We have quality backups. You don't need to keep Cujo around. And then you keep Levitt. Not to be a safety. That's what I've been trying to pound home. And I, you can't, I can't like get frustrated on Twitter because there's no frustration tweet. You know what I mean? There's not, I mean, I guess you can. I guess I could go off, but that's not, that's not me. But I've been trying to explain. Levitt's not here. He is not in Vegas. He is not in Henderson. He is not a part of the Silver and Black to be a safety. He is a special teams dude. There are, there is a lot of guys on that unit that nobody could even name on
3: the special teams unit. But I'll tell you that they're important. They are so important. I think that's people not understanding how important special there's teams are. There's three elements of the game. There's offense, there's defense, and damn it, there's special teams. They You have to have special teams.
2: Dude, there's guys in the league that have made careers out of special teams. And I forget the one dude's name that used to play for the Chargers, but he was a San Diego State guy. He played with Kirk Morrison at San Diego State. That's all he did with special teams. He tried to be a wide receiver. Garbage. He was. He was no good at being a wide receiver. (laughs) But he was so good at being a special teams dude. The Raiders have had those kind of guys. Remember Rock Cartwright? You probably don't remember him because you're a new booty. Rock Cartwright was a special teams ace. There's certain guys that that's what they do. John Gruden has mentioned Levitt a thousand times in press conferences, in media sessions, about his special team skills. No, I know it's not sexy. I know it's not the linebacker that's going to go make a bunch of plays. I know it's not a safety who's going to pick off a lot of balls. I know what we saw from Levitt in the preseason was him out there getting torched as a safety, but he was out there playing the safety role. That's not what his job is. If he gets into the game, Raider Nation, you're screwed. You're already screwed if he gets into the game. He's not retained on the team, and I don't even know if he's officially on the team. We haven't got the official
3: email. We haven't got the official cuts. We don't know 100% yet. It's just his name hasn't rolled out yet. I had to go back and look because I was like, "Who's the special team captain last year? Kyle Wilbur. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he was a linebacker. You didn't want to see him on the field as a linebacker. You want to
2: see him on the field as a special teams dude because that's what he did. He had a, a very good uh, relationship with Riz Persaccia going all the way back to Dallas, and that's just who he was. That is a very important unit of the team. And I'll tell you right now, the special teams unit actually needs to be a little bit better. So that's part of it. It goes into the equation. There's different elements to this game. There's different elements to the team. What can you do? Carl Joseph, I'm sorry, is not a special teams ace. So if he was a a decent safety and a special teams ace, he probably would have a spot on the team. But he doesn't. He doesn't have that quality and they feel comfortable with the young dudes. So just roll with the young cats. And if Levitt gets on the field, well like I mentioned, you're already in trouble. He was on the field a couple times last year and you knew that he was in trouble. Oh, Levitt's out there? Yep, you're in trouble. It's just what it is. I get it. But it's a part of the team. So, as Will said, I've gone back for But this was my this was my like last hour on Twitter. <laughs> Because I try to respond to everyone that tweets at me because if you take the time to tweet at me, just like the text message or or if you call in, I want to acknowledge that. I want to respect that. And I want to give you my two cents. But I don't know how many times what I should have done, I should have just copied and pasted. Because it was multiple tweets with the the same message. Oh, thank you, Nathaniel. My guy, Kasim Osgood. That was the special team ace.
3: He was a San Diego guy? Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. He was from from San Diego State. Thank you, Nathaniel. Thank you. What's his name on Twitter? At Mr. Sinister7. Thank you so much. That that dude was an absolute thud when it came to special teams. Like, that's what they had him for. That's all he was. In the league from 2003 to
3: 2014.
2: That's what I'm saying. He made an 11-year career out of special teams. How many catches did he have? Five? Go check how many career catches he had. Because he was a wide receiver. Eleven year career, 45 career receptions. Exactly. You do the math. That's what, three catches a year? Four, sorry. <laughs> math was not my specialty, apparently. Four catches a year. That's what he averaged. But you know what? He made a long career out of special teams. Thank you, Nathaniel. You are the man. I appreciate that tweet.
3: That's Five what- touchdowns for uh Kazima's he
2: good here. Right, exactly. Five. That's what he was, special teams ace. There was no better at that time. There was no one better in special teams than that dude. I promise you. And that always goes overlooked. I didn't even remember his name. Let's, I mean, that that lets you know, that lets you know how much it goes overlooked. But I knew, <laughs> I knew, like I know my name, that there was a cat that played for the Chargers that was just great at that element of the game. Well, this guy even made a couple of Pro Bowls. That's what I'm saying. He was an ace. He made a long career out of special teams. That's who he was. And I'm totally did not mean to spend this much time on special teams conversation, (laughs) but this, I mean, as you keep throwing facts at me, I just, I mean, yes, you're, you're just, you're building the house for me. You're just doing it. 225 is the time. Many thanks to Nathaniel for that tweet. I needed that. Coming up next, Mandy Knight, KWTX, Fox 44 Sports of Central Texas. She's going to join the show to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. What are they going to do? J.K. Dobbins is down. He's done for the season. Lamar Jackson is headed to town. What does he look like? How does he take the next step? What is the element? What is the concern for the Ravens on this cutdown day? That's coming up next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness, Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going
1: to have to kick you, you know what, today.
2: Here's your boy, Q. 2.30 is the time. Coming up in just a few minutes, Mandy Knight, KWTX, Fox 44 Sports. Covers everything going on in Central Texas and all over the NFL like a glove. Definitely good B. Fun to catch up with Mandy. But before we do that, do want to go out to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200, and talk to a very patient gangster raider. You're on unnecessary roughness. What's on your mind, my man?
4: Hey, what's happening, y'all? I just want to say what's up. And um yesterday my um dude who I wanted to cut was Isaiah Johnson. But now that mm. it's happened, I'm feeling some kind of way because I think, you know, with the right coaching. If he'd been coached up properly, and uh, you know, in a in you know, in a room with all the other people that was going to be cut finally out the room, I think he could have you know been an asset on the defense, especially if they're going to keep Newsom. You're not really they keep him and keep Newsom. You know what I'm saying? He they need to cut him. You are talking about Lawson?
2: You are talking about never yeah, Lawson? Lawson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Got gotcha. you. Yeah, him.
4: You know what I mean? Cut him if especially if you're going to keep if you're not going to keep Johnson, cut him too as well. You know what I'm saying, but all the other cuts I understand. Carl Joseph, especially if they um see the young guys doing something, and also his height. I know I know Gus Bradley likes the taller safeties also. So I knew his height and was going against him, especially if the um, younger guys were stepping up too. He had two strikes against him in Gus's system, and um also what there was another cut I was surprised about, but um I mean I was happy about that that lineman. The lineman that was Cotton Lesser Cotton, yeah. yeah, That one, that one kind of surprised me. But but even though even though he looked kind of lazy to me, I I know Gruden don't like lazy players. But um, that one kind of shocked me as well. Um, And also, I think that um, the media, the national media, you know, they never give us any credit. But it's a few guys out there that they see. The potential in the Raiders, and I think we're going to surprise a lot of people because especially with our defensive starters not playing none at all in the preseason, and I think Gerald McCoy is going to be a big factor. He's going to be a big major pickup for us, you know what I'm saying? But so far, I'm happy with the cut, but if they keep um, Lawson, uh, am I saying is that Newsom? No, you got it right.
2: It's Lawson. Yeah, Yeah, Nevin Lawson. Lawson. Yep. Yeah,
4: if they keep him, then I'm going to be mad because Isaiah got cut.
2: All right, cool. Th- thank you for the call. Appreciate you, Gangster Raider. And, yeah, Isaiah Johnson got cut because he was just never available. That's, I mean, that was the biggest thing. That's something I've been talking about for a long time. He's just never been available.
3: Real quick, I love that. I feel like that's what Twitter has been today. It's just like yesterday I wanted him to get cut. But now that he's got cut, <laughs> why they cut him? <laughs> it's like, you know what?
2: I didn't really want to be with that girl, but now that she was someone else, so she really gone? Like, she really left? Like, I told her to leave. I told her to get out the car. But then she got out the car. And I was like, nah, get back in the cup. You really going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> you, you really going to leave? <laughs> you really going to do it like that? Oh, so it's like that? You really going to leave? Okay. All right, then. Nah, so, I mean, it just it, – it is what – I just – honestly, Gangster Raider, Isaiah Johnson just – it came down to availability. Just wasn't available. It's just I – mean, he just not – when you're on the bubble like he's been on, you've got to be available, and he's not. And when we talk to George at, uh at 3 o'clock, we'll talk about that as well. But right now, as promised – on the phone lines from KWTX 44 Fox 44 in uh, in Central Texas is my good friend Mandy Knight. You can find her on Twitter at Mandy uh, Knight TV underscore TV. Excuse me at Mandy Knight underscore TV. And Mandy, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. And before we get into the Baltimore Ravens, a team that you love and, and, and cover like a glove, uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that Cam Newton was uh, released this morning?
5: I was uh, absolutely shocked. I mean, you know, when it came across the headlines on the NFL Network, I was thinking, "Is this real?" I mean, you know, noon. I mean, they still owe him a little over three million dollars, but very, definitely, very surprised because he started, you know, two of the games for preseason. But I think ultimately, it has to come down to the issue with COVID nineteen. Just because mm-hmm. that happened last year in the beginning of the season, he missed a ton of time. Eventually, came back, and then this this season you know he is dealing with covid again and unfortunately, I do think that had a big influence of it because you can't have you know, your starting quarterback that you can't necessarily depend on. And not going to lie, I think Mac Jones, I mean, <laughs> I think he looks good. I think that that was an absolute uh, you know, money pick for the Patriots. So I think that Mac Jones and Bill Belichick will be uh, a great partnership.
2: It looks like it, doesn't it? And, and go figure, right? The Patriots uh, hit on <laughs> someone, look like they hit on someone. And I think that you hit it on the head. I think that with Cam, it came down to – Uh, Mac Jones beat him out for the starting job, and then the availability, like you said, with COVID and not being vaccinated, is he going to be available to be a backup? Does he have the humility to be a backup? I think those all played a little bit of a factor in that, so... Uh yeah, ultimately when I saw that tweet this morning, I thought, "Whoa, here we go! It's cutdown day." <laughs> so you know, here here we are. But Mandy, I did want to talk to you about the Ravens. Uh, that's the first opponent up for the Raiders, September thirteenth, as you very well know, Monday Night Football. And unfortunately, the Ravens are going to go into that game with a, with a man down. J.K. Dobbins goes out with a torn ACL, maybe a little bit more than that as as well. Uh, what were your thoughts on 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 J.K. getting injured like that, missing the season, and how do you feel about star players playing in in the preseason?
5: It was definitely, you never want to hear of a talented player get hurt, but uh, with with having uh, starters play snaps in the preseason, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, some teams like the Cowboys, they it's like Dak and Zeke. I mean, for obvious reasons, with Dak's shoulder injury, you know, they aren't going to play in any preseason games. But for the Ravens, I know, you know, there might, Harbaugh might have had some bash lock saying, oh, or backlash. Maybe he shouldn't have, you know, had his starters out there. But the reality is, Lamar Jackson, he missed a lot of time with COVID. And against, um, against Washington, Ronnie Stanley, offensive lineman, it was his first time being back on the football field. And over the whole preseason, uh, John Harbaugh said that the offense played no more than 23 snaps. And and I think it, it was crucial for Lamar Jackson, the starting offensive line, to get some time against Washington. But on another note, there, Lamar got sacked two times. So it's like you have your starting offensive line in there, and it's a little concerning to see that he did get sacked, but then again, it is preseason, and um, they still they're trying to get that continuity on the uh, offensive line, which is obviously you know that's that's the heart and soul of having success on offense.
2: Right, right, no doubt about it. We're talking right now with Mandy Knight from Fox 44 TV in Central Texas, and I did want to ask you about that offensive line. How is it coming together? It seems like every year the Ravens have a guy that leaves, or has a guy that gets traded, or has a guy. You know, just it's always there's always so much talent that they kind of just make a lot of moves and shakes and then they put a new guy in there, and the Raiders are currently doing that right now. They're trying to put three new guys on the offensive line. How do you feel that the Ravens' offensive line is coming together so far from what you saw in preseason?
5: I would say it's uh, it's coming along okay. I wouldn't say it's terrible. I wouldn't say it's great. And one of the facts being that Ronnie Stanley's back, you know, at the end, last season when they signed him to a multi-year, you know, you know, big old contract, he got hurt. It was a season-ending injury the mm-hmm. following game. And so last year, Orlando Browns, He moved to left tackle and, obviously, Orlando Brown. I mean, the left tackle, they're going to make a lot of money protecting the quarterback from that side. And and he didn't want to stay with the Ravens if he was not going to be a starter. So, as we know, Brown is with the Chiefs. And, um, you know, Ronnie Stanley coming back for that first offensive series against Washington. Um, You know, I I wouldn't say it's impressive, but I think there's obviously a lot of work to do. I do like some of the guys that they brought in, like uh, right tackle Alejandro Villanueva, who played for the Steelers. And, um, and then also uh, um, uh, they have some other guys that, uh, you know, they brought in. But I think only time will tell and, and just the continuity. I mean, they really have to get in that flow and, um, and spend more time together because, if, you know, if you can't spend time having those starters in there and kind of live action, you're not going to be able to, uh, you know, excel.
2: Right, absolutely, no doubt about it. Talking again with Mandy Knight, Fox 44 TV, It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. You mentioned, you know, getting some reps in, in preseason. We all know he's a very talented dude. He's a super talented dude when it comes to just running and keeping plays alive and making things happen. But as far as you're concerned, what does he have to do just as a quarterback to take that next step?
5: I think he just has to trust trust himself. Um, you know, I think he, obviously he knows, I mean, he's, he, last season, in the regular, regular season, he had over a 1,000 rushing yards, and the last two seasons, he's dominated on the ground. And, and I think that he knows that he has that ability to run, and he kind of keeps that in the back of his head, maybe instead of staying in the pocket for another split second, to find, you know, maybe throw a guy open or something like that. And so I think that he just needs to trust in his own abilities, because I we heard, uh, you know that that at first it was like, oh, you know Lamar Jackson, he can't be, beat, you know he can't win a playoff game, and right. obviously we saw them win a playoff game last year. But I think that he just needs to really trust himself, and it's really it's it's unfortunate for J.K. Dobbins to have that season-ending injury. But honestly, Gus Edwards, I think having Edwards in the mix of everything, he will um, he will absolutely help their offense as a whole. And, I mean, if you look at the amount, if you compare in the regular season last year between Gus Edwards and Dobbins, you know, in the regular season, Dobbins had 805 rushing yards for nine touchdowns. Gus Edwards had 723 rushing yards for six mm. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, that's kind that's kind of a close number. And um, I just think that, you know, Gus Edwards, I think he is ready to step up to be that next guy uh, in, in the backfield. And he definitely has a chip on his shoulder because, I apologize about that. My dog is barking. He's getting excited <laughs> about the Ravens playing. Right. Um, and yeah, so I think that uh, Edward gave a chip in his shoulder. He was an undrafted guy out of uh, you know, Rutgers. And so I, I think as a whole just they need to trust in their ability and, uh, and make the most of
2: uh, you know what the defense gives them. Right, and, and, and let me ask you this, because the Ravens are that team that has got a plethora of running backs. J.K. Dobbins was more like the, just the icing on the cake. I mean, that dude coming out of Ohio State, I, I couldn't believe that he fell to the Ravens like he did. But uh, do you think, I mean, I know Todd Gurley's been kind of out there on Twitter saying that he would love to be signed by the Ravens. I know that there's others that thought that, hey, maybe they'll go and make a move for a Mark Ingram, try to bring him back. Do you think that they have to bring anyone back, or do you think they just roll with who they have?
5: I don't think that necessarily they need to bring anyone back because Edwards has been in their offense. You know, he's done he's done a great job. I mean, great grooming and said today in, in a press conference saying that he's always had confidence in Gus since his rookie season. And Harbaugh, on the same on the same note, he said that Gus has been a big part of this offense, and they also want to use a multiple back system. Whether or not Dobbins was would have been there or not, people are going to share. They're going to share, share snaps. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't think you know Tom Burley, There's a reason why he's not with the team right now. You know right. what I mean? You know there, there's there's a reason why that he is he uh, <clears throat> he isn't signed. I mean, we know running back is uh, you have a shelf life, and he was one of the greatest backs. In his prime, but I don't think that he is at that level anymore. if he was, he would already have a home in right.
2: the NFL. Yeah, I'll tell you that prime didn't last long for him. It really didn't, and that's a shame. You know <laughs> that, that it was all because of injury, though. I mean, it all went back to his knee injuries that he had, and so he just wasn't able to to keep that going. And, and that's unfortunate because he was a great talent, like you mentioned. And before I let you go, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to ask you a question about someone who's close to home for you, uh, Mark Vital, uh, Baylor basketball. He uh, he comes out and says that he's going to try his hand at the NFL. It feels very ish. <laughs> Wainwright feels like uh, other guys that have tried to make that adjustment. Rico Gathers. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mark Vidal, who just won a national championship with Baylor, trying his hand in the NFL?
5: When I saw that tweet, I had to read it twice really quick because I'm like, say, what? Mark Vidal? Okay. Like, I see. I see. And I watched his little hype video that he put on. And after seeing his, you know, make some catches, he has, he has very soft hands. I think it's easy to... You can judge talent easily if a, if a guy can. you're either a baller or not. You have great right. hands or, or not, and and it seemed like he was making one-handed catches. And uh, and he also said that he had offers, you know, overseas and everything, and that he just wants to explore this. Now, I was a little surprised that he has said in an interview that I was reading an article on it, and apparently he said that he feels like he could be a pro football hall of famer. And I'm oh, like, oh wow, that's a, <laughs> that you know that hey. Hey, I'm a big believer. You know, dream big, but right, ooh, right. that's a that that's a very a very high up there. But hey, he's a, he's an athlete. He is a baller. I mean, we saw how you covered him uh, here for years. Yeah, I mean, he's an aggressive guy on the court. So I wish him the best of luck, and I think that he could be a great tight end. That uh, just because he has that physical, uh, he has a you know that a uh, warrior type defensive uh, mindset, and he has good hands. So. Yeah, I just wish him the best of luck, and uh, and who knows? I mean, he could end up with the Cowboys down the road on a practice squad
2: or something like that. Yeah, it should be interesting. It should be interesting. You're, you're right. He's an athlete. He works hard. I mean, he really gets after it. I was pretty shocked when I saw that tweet, though. So, uh, like you said, uh, good luck to him. And, uh, Mandy, thank you so much uh, for your time. This is great. It's, it's good to catch up with you. Good to hear from you. Uh, what you got going on? You got the uh, Friday night now. High school football's back in in the mix. Uh, how's that, that going there?
5: Yes, sir, yes, we have our first our Friday night show, uh, 10 to 10.30, and um, with Matt Roberts, a uh, sports director, I'm not sure if you saw, but uh, today's actually his last day, so I'll be taking over, um, anchoring in studio, Ooh. our football show, instead of being out, you know, at the games, and, uh, the, you know, I mean, I'm excited, I'm excited for it, it'll be something new and, and different, but yeah, high school football in Texas, I mean, it's, just like Friday Night Lights, varsity blues, and the movies. So definitely a lot of excitement coming up, and, and of course college football and the NFL right around the corner. So it's
2: a, it's a beautiful time of year. Yeah, it is. It's a great time of year, and I know that you're going to do a great job in studio, but I bet a little bit of you is going to miss being on the sidelines on Friday night because <laughs> i tell you, I miss being on the on the sidelines Friday night. I know how much fun that is, and you're right. Uh, high school football, and especially in the state of Texas, is amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Mandy. I appreciate you. We may just have to have you on right before – uh, maybe even the same day of uh, the the first game of the season, the thirteenth uh, Monday Night Football, the Ravens and the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. We appreciate you so much, Mandy.
5: Absolutely. Hey, you know my phone line's always open, especially uh, you know as, as a guest on your show. Uh, you're a uh, good 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 dude. I miss our I miss our own era. You know, being on your show and everything. So yeah, uh, you know, hit me up.
2: Absolutely appreciate you. Will do. There she goes, Mandy Knight, right there, at KWTX Fox 44 Sports, Central Texas. Uh, does a great job covering the NFL. Does a great job covering local high school. Uh, Baylor, like a glove. Everything out there, Mandy does a great job covering. And just uh, glad that she was able to jump on and talk about the Ravens, who are the first opponent up for the Silver and Black on September 13th. 2:45 is the time when we come back. We'll close out hour number one. Officially got the list from the Raiders of everyone who's been waived, everyone who's been released, whoever suspended. The list is in. The names are in. Now, this will change at some point. I'll explain later why, but we got it. We'll talk about it next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's
1: up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920.
2: Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary
1: roughness,
2: here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. All right, so we started off the show talking about guys that have been cut, waived, released, and I said that we did not have the official list yet. We are going off reports that we've been hearing, but at some point they were going to get us the email, and Katie has got us the email now. We do appreciate her over at the Raiders for uh, sending that over to us. Much thanks to her. She always keeps us informed and in the loop. The names are in. Matt Bushman, tight end, waved. Lester Cotton Sr., guard, waved. Matt Dickerson, defensive tackle, waved. Wide receiver, Keelan Doss, waved. Here you go, running back, B.J. Emmons, waved. Defensive end, Gary Green, waved. Running back, Garrett Groshek, waved. Tackle, Devery Hamilton, waved. Cornerback, Isaiah Johnson, waved. Guard tackle, Jared Jones-Smith, waved. Here's one that Raider Nation will get excited about because I've been talking about him all day on Twitter. Safety, Dallin Levitt. Waved. So everyone could calm him down. Everyone <laughs> could <can, laughs> and I don't have to talk about special teams. And I thank everyone who reached out and told me who uh the special teamer was for the Chargers. I had multiple people tweet at me, which was awesome. I love it, man. I love it when we get a bunch of uh uh, responses on Twitter or text message or call uh, Whitney, Whitney Craven said Q the Chargers special teamer back in the day is named Kasim Osgood. He had multiple pro bowlers as a special teamer. That's right. And we had, uh, of course we had other uh, people hit us up as well. How about this? This is a surprise. Uh, this is one of the surprises for me. Center, Jimmy Morrissey waved offensive lineman, Jeremiah Putasi He was waved. I was still surprised about Jimmy Morrissey. I didn't really expand on that, but I was surprised that he's waved. This one surprised me as well. Running back Trey Regis thought he had earned a spot, thought he was a, a, another guy, a dude that, that, you know, had an opportunity to, to be in the mix in the running back room, waved. Linebacker Max Richardson waved. Defensive tackle Niles Scott waved. Wide receiver Dylan Stoner waved. Wide receiver DJ Turner waved. Another guy that surprised me. Defensive end Kendall Vickers. All those guys are waved. And I went through those first because all those guys are subject to waivers. So any of those guys could end up clearing waivers and getting put on the practice squad. So a guy like a Jimmy Morrissey, a seventh round pick, out, out, uh, so seven, yeah, seventh round pick out of Pitt, the center, he could end up on the practice squad. Trey Regis, if he clears waivers, he could. Or maybe a team like Baltimore, who just lost their running back, says Ooh. he was pretty good in the in the preseason. Let's go get that guy. And some maybe some teams look at these guys and say, hey, those are awesome special team, some really good guys during the preseason but they're not really regular season dudes. They're not guys that we think could, could thrive on the, in the regular season. We see guys like that all the time. I couldn't tell you how many, how many special preseason players the Raiders have had that were just really good in the preseason. You think, man, he's going to be a stud and end up to being a dud. I mean, it's just what it is. Uh BJ Emmons I think we kind of all saw the the writing on the wall with that one which one stood out to you out of those guys that I just mentioned got wave Regis, was that the one that stood out Ragus, to you Regus
3: that's the one but I'm thinking maybe uh, hopefully another team doesn't pick him up I think he may be like hey right. get him back on the practice squad kind of guy I'm
2: sure that there's uh, uh three or four guys on there that they would definitely like to put on their practice squad I'm because sure Because you're
3: going to need a running back for opening day that's the, you know the just in case
2: Well yeah but he would, I mean if he's on the practice squad I'm sure that he wouldn't be up already for uh, opening day How about this okay the release players John Brown we already talked about him Tight end Derek Carrier, safety Carl Joseph, uh, Patrick Amame, uh, the guard tackle, and then uh, Bilidi, uh Ray Wilson, the cornerback, or Bilidi, uh he was released as well. So those five guys were officially released, waived, injured following players. Uh, Asmar Bilal, as uh, as Pritch says, linebacker, and then Alex Ellis, the tight end, waived and injured and then placed on the reserve suspended list cornerback nevin lawson so that's official like the referees whistle that is the guys that have been uh waived released um placed on the reserve suspended list or uh or just yeah waived injured list as well so there it is uh that's your that's your guys that have been um given their pink slip at least for now from the silver and black uh 254 is the time before we get to the top of the next hour i do want to go back out real quick to the raider nation listening line and talk to passionate raider what's on your mind this afternoon
1: Man, good morning, good morning, man. I was in a good mood until I turned radio on and heard all these cuts you just told me about, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> Sorry, raiders dog. <laughs> being, raiders being Raiders again. Why Regus? Why Regus? Why Regus? Out of all the cuts, Regus was one person that we needed. One, for a money factor because, because of... Uh, uh, Oh boy's foot injury, he's in a walking boot. Mm-hmm. So anyway, whatever, whatever. John, John, John's gonna be John, do what he does. But but what is up with what is up with 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 um 15? John Brown, why is he what what's what's the deal? Why, why is everyone walking away from, from the Raiders? Like like is it really Derek Carr? I mean, my mind's no. really thinking some twisted stuff right now, man, because it's like, man, we can't ever get anybody that is really worth a receive in the receiving room that is a big name receiver that ever stays. They stay one year and they leave and no one's trying to say, I, I don't know, man. My mind is I'm already on the Derek Carr punch drunk wagon. So I don't know how much more I can take, but man, seeing that, like nah. and then Stoner, I thought Stoner was going to get kept, man. I thought we were going to keep Stoner. But, man, well, I, I don't know, bro. Tell, help me out, man. Help me out. I'm hurting right now, man.
2: I will. I will. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Passionate Raider. And I'll tell you real quick, and then we get to the top of the hour. Uh, John Brown asked for his release because he was deep on the, on the, uh, on the pecking order, uh, on the depth chart. He was going to be like fourth or fifth, and he wants to be active. He wants to play more. Uh, there's wide receivers that have played with Derek Carr. Michael Crabtree was a free agent that played with Derek Carr and, and loved every minute of it. I mean, he loved every minute of it. He was Derek Carr's number one guy. Uh, Nelly Aguilar, he played really well last year. He left for money. The Raiders weren't going to pay him that kind of money that New England paid him. I mean, he had a career year last year. Think about that. He had a career year with Derek Carr last year and then went to get paid. If anything, he should be sending a check, sending a little bit of a, (laughs) a little bit of, you know what I mean, like put something on the books. You know what I'm saying? Just a little thank you. Just put a little something on my books, man. You know what I'm saying? Put something on my kids' college fund. Just a little something. Hold me down. Yeah. You know, pour a little liquor out for me. Remember, you know, that, that's what Derek Carr should be telling to Nelly Aguilar. He got him paid. He helped him get paid. Fans don't want to see anybody get cut. No, it's, look, and John Brown's 31. He's got speed,
3: but he's injury prone. And it just is what it is. But Passionate Raider was also, like, surprised by Stoner. But we should have kept him, too. Well, I think that he's a he's a guy that they'll look at for the practice squad.
2: I think that, uh, I think that DJ Turner is as well. I'm um, seeing multiple people tweet at me talk about Trey Regis. That I'll I'll give you passionate raider. I was pretty surprised by that too. I was pretty surprised. I actually am pretty disappointed because I do think that Trey Regis is a guy that's gonna get picked up by somebody. I don't think he's gonna clear waivers. Gut gut feeling. I could be wrong. I tell you all the time. Sometimes your gut feeling is, is correct and sometimes your gut feeling is gas. Just saying. But thank you so much for that. We'll go we'll continue to go over the the, uh, the depth chart and, and, and the guys that have been cut and released and, and where they end up and, and who to watch out for to maybe be on the practice squad and who the Raiders could be looking at from other teams that have been cut as well. But coming up next, we're going to turn our attention to George Reister, uh, host of Reister or Wrong. He's on Mad Dog Radio, Fox Sports, Unfraid Show, Unafraid Show, does a great job with that. We'll talk all things cut day, uh, how it was for a former NFL player, what he thought when it came to that time for him, and then also – Got to talk about this situation going on at Bishop Sycamore, uh, this made-up school, made-up team, whatever the shenanigans are that they got going on. We'll get into that next as we kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.